This is Caesar from Zero Theorem, and you're listening to the Brutally Delicious Podcast. Chris. Hey, we got Caesar on the line from Zero Theorem. Can you guys hear each other? Yeah. Hey, how's it going? Good, man. How are you? Good. Doing well. Where are you guys? Where are you guys look based out of? Uh, Los Angeles area. We're all kind of spread out among here. We get to go to practice in LA. What's the uh, What's the current situation like out there? <laughs> well, it's uh, probably a lot like. In most places, it's kind of kind of crazy, but um, as long as you're uh, wearing your mask and, and when you go into public spots and all that, it seems to be roughly uh, the same as far as my experience. Okay, so not too bad then. Yeah, it's not bad. I'm in we're in Virginia, and it's not too bad here at all. But I know other places are kind of terrible. Yeah, it depends on how many. Uh, how big the city is and, and, and that kind of a thing um, but uh, California is a sprawl so if you you, you could easily kind of stay away from others if, if um, you have that ability to what <laughs> yeah <laughs> what is uh, what are you guys or Zero Theorem in general what are you guys doing to uh, differently to stay in contact with fans and and stuff like that are you doing anything different like online interactions or we haven't actually done any of that yet, any online uh, direct interactions, but something is definitely in the works to, to do that. Uh, we have a, a tour schedule in October, and, you know, odds, we, we realize, or might not be that, that high uh, to, to actually go out, but we're going to be practicing and be ready like, like we are definitely going out, and if we end up not going out, we're going to do some sort of live video, um, you know, just to be able to interact and, and talk to people again, um, even if it's recorded, uh, we'll probably still, you know, be on, be online with them or something like that in order to just keep in contact. Right. What's it like, um, recording and releasing, uh, a single in this sort of, uh, environment? I mean, it's a whole lot different now, right? It is. It is. It's, it's it's weird because I feel like a lot of people don't want to do it if they're not touring. And um, luckily, we're in a situation. Well, luckily or unluckily, depending how you look at it, where we're still building. You know, we're still developing. So um, for us, it's it's about let's put our music out and and get people to discover the band still. You know, whereas. Uh, we don't have to necessarily put our music out with a tour uh, like a lot of the bigger bands kind of do in order to, you know, fit their schedule. Yeah, we were talking with, um, we were talking with, uh, help me out, Chris, what was his name? <laughs> we were talking with The Absence this morning and he was saying that pretty much they're doing the exact opposite. They don't feel that uh, going out without a tour cycle is worth releasing an album. So I, I think it's interesting seeing how everybody's doing it a little bit different and how it fits differently well, for the them. Well, too is fairly, fairly, you know, established in terms of 
touring and doing all that stuff. So I agree kind of like, if you're a uh, like an established band, it may not make the most sense to release a record because that's how you make your living is touring. So if you release a record, you can't tour. But if you're still trying to grow your fan base, maybe it's in the best interest to get music out there and try to get people to listen to it. Yeah, I mean, that's what we think. Um, you know, a lot of people are still discovering, you know, ZT for the first time. So we have music and we have newer music and we we kind of, you know, we split on this release into uh, two EPs, The Killing One and The Killing Two. And so uh, The Killing One came out in January last year. So, or, I'm sorry, this year. So we uh, just wanted to kind of bookend that and still, for to still make sense as well. Uh, so that's another thing that kind of pushed us into, let's, let's get this out to people and, and, you know, get the music out there and, and let them uh, listen to it and enjoy it. Yeah, what, what are the themes of the record, of the EP? The themes, uh, I think the whole, both the killing one and the killing, I, I would say that <laughs> unfortunately it's, it's that life is, suffering is inherent to life itself, I would say. And, um, but instead of trying to wallow in it, because we are at a, at a really rough time um, in our history, but to kind of look at ways of, of making things better, and just, just the realization of that, look, this, this a lot of these things that are happening are messed up, but we need to, you know, try not to sweep them under the rug, but rather realize that and figure out the next, you know, best way forward for all of us. Nice. Um, do you, are you the main lyric writer for the band? I am. It usually starts with me, uh, and we... The process where uh, my cousin Joe is a songwriter as well and a creative partner, and uh, our producer Kane is also involved. So it's pretty much uh, the three of us doing a lot of the heavy lifting there. What's it like writing with your cousin? <laughs> I've written with friends and that can get violent. It's <laughs> like when they're family. <laughs> We're we're pretty uh, respectful when we don't agree with one another, so it's uh, it's, it's okay. Um, uh, but but yeah, it, it happens. But a, a lot of the time, we're we're, we're fans of each other's work, thankfully. So um, <laughs> we're we're in agreement of you know eighty to ninety percent, I would say, of, of of things out of the gate, and then we just kind of you know battle it out and and and, and use Kane as a as a tiebreaker. <laughs> okay, so what, what's been the biggest argument you've had when you're writing? And then I'll share mine. The biggest argument I've had, probably just, uh, I, I would think that it would be a chorus where all three of us were kind of like liking one different thing um, in, in particular. I can't remember what song it was, to be honest. Um, it might have been one of our first tracks ever, and... Uh, Here's the thing, it, it still came out good and we're all, you know, it, it, it passes. As long as it passes for all three of us, then that's yeah. okay. Uh, but, but yeah, I, w I would say it was definitely uh, along the lines of a chorus where 
you know, we're, we're, we're trying to, to go to that wide where it's catchy, but I, I have this thing where I really like the heavy stuff and, and, you know, so we're, we're always kind of pushing and pulling on that. Um, but uh, but yeah, that's what makes great writing teams, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I remember writing a song, and I worked. I played with this drummer who was just like he had serious anger issues. <laughs> You're like a nice guy normally, except when he played drums. <laughs> and then we were writing the song, and, and he just playing this part. And I just hated it. I was just like, "You're fucking playing it wrong. You need to fix this." And he got so mad at me and started pulling drumsticks out of his bag and whipping them at my hand. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck you! And I started throwing him back and I dinged his drum kit and that was the end of it. He laughed. He walked out of rehearsal. <laughs> was that a uh, forever thing or did he ever come back? No, no, he came back. He came back, okay. <laughs> he came back. He didn't apologize or anything. He just, he, he just messaged me and was like, is rehearsal on for tomorrow? I was like, yeah, you're okay to do that. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> that was it, yeah. So he, 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 would, he would often lose his temper that way, so I never took it in personally. I was just like, oh, I'm a fucking dick. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that's why I asked. I've also been part of sessions where I've had a cello player whip their, whip their ball at the studio glass and and walk out of the studio and the producer's like chasing them. Wait, wait! <laughs> you know, yeah, thankfully with this, uh, this first thing we haven't had anything that dramatic. Uh, well, that's good. That's what I asked. Cause like, and like, if I was writing with my brother, holy crap, we could even never be in a photo shoot because we'd be black and blue from punching each other. <laughs> and Thanksgiving dinner would be a whole different m- setup. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, Thanksgiving dinner would be crazy. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry to go off topic there for the dollar third. No, I mean that's what this whole show is about, right? We just go down rabbit holes, and it is what it is. But <laughs> when yeah, you talk about an old band, uh, old band drama. Yeah. When you guys are writing, are you writing like with the live show in mind, like how it's going to come across on stage, or are you writing the song just for a song's sake and then adapt it to the stage? That's a good question. We we just recently kind of thought about the live uh, show and, and things that we could we could add to it but most of the time we're about the song in the moment and um, and we want that song to be as good as it, it can be and then you know live is a place where you could then expand out whether it be you know some sort of instrumental intro or, or if you want to go make the song a minute longer in the middle, you know. Um, uh, that's the kind of thing that, that we can explore at a later time, usually. Usually it's about the song in the moment. Gotcha. And then do you ever find it difficult, the second part of that question, I guess, then, is taking what you've written and trying to translate it into the live setting? Yeah, I mean, at, at this stage, I don't, I don't think so. I think we've um, had a nice balance so far. Um, I say that knowing that we haven't played the next EP live except for one time when we played one song so um well what if there's any issues there but uh, most of the time we get a good uh you know we, we work with our sound man and and get a good get, 
you know, we make sure that if, even if it's not a part that that's in the writing process of the song that we added in to maybe make it a little fuller here and there uh, throughout the song. Gotcha. Chris? Uh, I don't have anything else. I, I, I appreciate you joining us today. Hey, thank you guys. Uh, oh, I do actually have one other thing. Where can people go find you? Yeah, the easiest place would be zerotherumband.com because all our all our you know sites are on there, socials, etc. Um, but we're on you know the, the typical outlets and to listen uh, Spotify, YouTube, you know Apple, all that stuff, all that good stuff. Nice. Yeah, no, I see on your webpage here that you're you're getting quite a few streams, and that's great to see. Yeah, thank you. It's, uh, we're uh, we're excited about you know every stuff we make, kind of a thing. I was I was pretty yeah. stoked about that video too. Feel the swarm. That's a pretty uh, pretty cool video. Thank you, man. Yeah, we uh, we're we're excited about it's our first like full on animation video, and I think it's something that we're gonna continue to to do not only for this record but um, in the future. Do you guys do that all yourselves, or do you have somebody else do that? No, we hired someone. We're we're you know sort of directing, of course, but we have. Uh, we found a guy his name was uh, Lubomir that did all the, the heavy lifting <laughs> and right. uh, great work in the process awesome welcome to my 120 seconds or less of Brutally Delicious I'm Ashley and today we are checking out Zach Sabbath so Zach Sabbath is Zach Wilde's Black Sabbath um, cover band I don't even think it's a cover band because they got their own fucking thing but that's what they say. It's a cover band. <laughs> then he started six years ago in 2014. So aside from, you know, Zach Wilde being one of the greatest guitarists that have ever walked the face of this earth, um, he's also got two incredible musicians with him, uh, Rob Nicholson and Joey Castillo, which the three of them together are just fire. And... I guess they'd actually been touring the last five, five and a half years, but, you know, they each have their own gigs, they've got their own projects going on, um, they had just never made it into a studio to record an album up until, I guess, you know, this year, and it is fucking amazing, because all, all the tracks on this album were recorded the way they did it back then, which... <laughs> the way they did it back then sounds like it's 150 years ago um but they recorded them live in studio and so not only that but there are so many some little similarities from like you know black sabbath albums and then this one it's just kind of embodying the whole like legacy that you know there the opening track you know has that ominous like quiet rain with the church bells and then all of a sudden you get those freaking sharp ass three note riffs that you know Zach Wilde just rips into after that the rain and the church bells start to fade away it's just it is gonna be an album you're gonna want to add to your collection and the thing is is you're not gonna be able to find it on Spotify or Apple Music or anything like that like we you can usually you know find it you will have to pre-order it or go to your local record store so work on doing that and we'll catch you next time.
Hey everyone, this is Tuck from Fit for a King, an off-road minivan. Every week I bring you fun interviews alongside your favorite metalcore entertainers with my new podcast, Get Tucked. Join me every Monday with bands like Counterparts, Crystal Lake, like Moths to Flames, and many more. We play unsigned and undiscovered bands, deep dive into each artist's history, and of course provide the greatest breakdowns in current metalcore. Tune in to Get Tucked every Monday, out now through Sound Talent Media.